0: yeah so it otherworldly is definitely um a, a great way of describing it um there are not very many places around the world that you can go where you are seeing the world actually being formed like this is how it all began and there's something that really strikes you and is very deeply powerful when you're in one of these places where the earth is actively being formed and that's what's going on here Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie.
1: And I'm Jeremy.
0: And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next?
1: And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks.
0: This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures.
1: Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go.
0: So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire.
1: This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, we have something a little bit different and really, really exciting. So I'm, I'm really pumped to have back on the show, Lauren Eber from A Fam With A Van. And the last time Lauren was on the podcast was about a year ago, and she did an epic trilogy on spring desert camping. She did an episode on Joshua Tree, an episode on Death Valley, and an episode on Valley of Fire. There were three incredible, incredible episodes. Each one was almost like an ebook in terms of the amount of content that was packed in there. Today, she's back with another really robust episode. It's something we've never covered before. So she's going to be talking about taking a van life trip to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. She's going to talk to us about flying in. She's going to talk to us about camper van rental options. She's going to give us a sample one to two week itinerary around the entire Big Island. And then she's going to zoom in on Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and give us lots of details about that. And then after that, she has even more. She's going to talk about other NPS sites on the Big Island and some great places to get food and drink. I'm incredibly excited to have Lauren back on. This is going to be an awesome episode for anyone who has ever dreamed of going to Hawaii and going there and taking a van life trip. Uh, and She's got all the details for us. It was really, really a magical trip for her and her family that really launched her whole uh, inspiration to get into van life. So i uh, going to be thrilled to talk to Lauren Eber, but before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camco. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals, but their lineup of products doesn't end there. Campco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next adventure. From portable grills and campfires to easelift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two. And it's true. This spring, we are stocking up our brand new RV with go-to Campco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head on over to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Campco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVAtlas10. That's CampcoOutdoors.com and use discount code RVAtlas10 for 10% off your entire order today. Hello Lauren Eber and welcome back to the RV Atlas. It's been it's been almost exactly a year since you were on the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm so happy to be back.
1: And when you were here a year ago, you did this epic trilogy of podcasts that is still one of the best things we have ever done on the RV Atlas. You did an episode on Joshua Tree, an episode on Death Valley, and an episode on Valley of Fire. And we got a lot of really nice feedback on it. We called it the Spring Desert Camping Trilogy, I believe. Um, so thank you so much for that. I can't believe that was a year ago.
0: I'm so glad that people enjoyed it. I hope a lot of people have been hitting the desert.
1: Yeah, and I just like like time flies. And now you're back for Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. We have never covered Hawaii on this podcast for obvious reasons. But it is very possible to take an epic van life trip, okay? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not too many RVs out there. Um, but you can take an epic van life trip. And you guys did. And you're going to break this down for us. And e- even just your photos made me so happy. And those will be on the RVAtlas.com in the show notes. Because you guys looked so happy on this trip. Like, you just looked filled with joy <laughs> when, you, when you did this trip.
0: We were also very young. (laughs) That's why (laughs) you were happy. I mean, yeah, (laughs) it was, um, you know, it was a great trip. And this episode is so fun for me because um, this really is sort of, if if you're kind of tracing the roots to the beginning of our van life journey, this is where it all began. This was the first trip that we took in a van. We had a baby, just one at the time. and. we, you know, thought it would be fun to rent a VW camper van and camp our way around the big island of Hawaii and check out this epic national park. And that's sort of where we got the bug. And um, we, uh, you know, it took us a few years to get our own camper van after that. But uh, that that was really what planted the seed.
1: It's amazing how uh, one trip can change your life. You know, not every trip does. but. Yep. But when you put yourself out there and travel, you know, some of the, the the trips just impact the entire direction of your life. And when I saw that in your notes where you said that this is sort of where like the van life thing started for you guys, I was like, oh, this is like the origin story. Um yep. for Lauren. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yep. do a bunch of different things here. Let's give everybody a preview and they can they can get comfortable and settle in. We're gonna talk about flying in, just just like basic details that you need to know, some of the technicalities of renting a camper van and some of the options. Then you're going to give us a robust one to two week sample itinerary that takes us all around the big island of Hawaii, which is what we're talking about here. Then you're going to zoom in to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, which I'm super excited about because it just ties into our theme this year, where we're celebrating national parks because of our new book. But then you have even more at the end because there's some other (laughs) NPS sites, and you always bring the recommendations for food and drink. So let's dive in. And just you know, got a lot of RV owners listening here. People, you're gonna have to get on a plane, okay? Um, so
0: <laughs> yes, so what, <laughs> you Lauren, do. What... You have to get on a plane, or <laughs> yeah, or a very long boat ride if you want to get to Hawaii. Uh,
1: so give us yeah. the basics. Uh, what what do we need to know about flying in? What are our options?
0: Yeah, so um, you're going to the Big Island. That's where Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is. Um, there are two main airports, um, both of which have flights direct flights from the mainland um, or connecting flights from other Hawaiian islands. Um, They are in Hilo and in Kona. And it really doesn't matter tremendously where you start. Um, You can either go from there and sort of just hit the national park, or you can do the kind of island circuit that I've recommended starting from either location um it, it, which we one started is... in hilo and...
1: okay and that's the one closest to the yeah. park
0: um yeah it's it's not so long either way but yes it's not okay. very long to get from hilo up to the park so and hilo is sort of a bigger city kona is more on the more touristy side of the island um but hilo is sort of a bigger city and for us coming from L.A. at the time, we were able to get a direct flight from Los Angeles into Hilo.
1: So you can use one airport in and out or you could, you know, land at one and then fly out of another. You have some some options there for flying into the big island.
0: Yes. Yes. So you can either do a circuit and fly in and out of the same or right. Exactly. Kind of do your trip in one and out of the other. Even if you wanted to do some island hopping, you could do it that way as well.
1: Any other tips for the flight part of it? Uh, which is a strange turf for some of the RV owners out there that don't fly a lot. Or do you want to just dive in and talk about the camper van rental options?
0: Yeah, no, what I would say is that um, flying for a camping trip can involve a lot of pre-planning and sometimes more luggage than you would typically bring. So the thing that's really important to do is pre-plan, figure out from whoever you're renting your um, van or RV from Or truck camper or whatever it is or car, um, exactly what gear you're going to be able to rent there and what you have to bring with you. And I would say the more that you can rent, the easier it'll be. So if you can, you know, are you going to do a mix of van camping and tent camping and you need a tent and sleeping bags and pads? Is that something they can include with your package or that you can rent elsewhere while you're there? Or do you need to try to bring some of that stuff with you? You know, at a minimum, you're going to want to make sure they're providing the stove or anything like that that would be difficult for you to pack. Um, so just make sure that you're really clear, well in advance about what's included and what's not, so you can pack accordingly.
1: And no one's suggesting this is not like a logistically challenging uh, trip, but but tent gear is rentable obviously so you're not flying with yeah. sleeping bags yeah. and sleeping pads and and all of that that crazy stuff and of course you know a lot of you listening you could just fly in rent a car and stay in hotels right perfectly acceptable too but you guys did totally van life route. yeah okay so what we are did, our opt- and
0: we did yeah we did some tent camping too so but but that was all included in the van they it had they had the tent and the sleeping bag and pads we did have to bring some extra baby gear with us but it was no big deal.
1: I know this is later in your notes, but since you mentioned that the tent aspect um, well, there's a specific reason why you were having to have a tent with you, right, as opposed to just staying in the van.
0: Yeah, yeah, so some of the um county or state park campgrounds in Hawaii don't actually allow you to sleep in your vehicle, so you're definitely going to want to research and make sure you know what the rules are for each place that you're camping, and even if you're not usually a tenter, I have to say. Like, if you're ever going to push yourself out of your comfort zone and stay in the tent, this is the place. I mean, some of these oceanside campgrounds that you stay in with a tent, I mean, it is the most spectacular views you've ever seen in your life. And you're sitting there in your tent right on the water with these views that would cost thousands of dollars in some of the incredibly high-end hotels that are, you know, just a mile down the road from where you're camping for $25 a night. So, um, you know, it's so, so this, you this is sta- the place if you're ever going to do it.
1: Yeah, you're sta- you were staying. You were sleeping in the van in some places and in other places you are required to use a tent. And, you know, that just required some advanced research on your part in terms of knowing. And I just sounds like it would be nifty to have a tent with you if you're doing a van trip in Hawaii. Right. In case you end up in a situation. I where think oh, so. You can't sleep. Yeah. OK, great. So where are we going to rent mean- our go ahead?
0: Yeah, no, that's what you're there for, right? You're in Hawaii to experience Hawaii. And, I, you know, you want to be, the weather's beautiful and um, it's warm and it's sort of idyllic conditions for tent camping. So, um, you know, I, I, I say go for it.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. I mean, I, we have two tent, plan, uh, tent camping trips planned this year. I'm super, super excited about it. So, but where do we rent our vans from in, in Hawaii? And guys, remember, we're not talking about renting big motorhomes really. I, that, I don't know that that exists there as an option. We're talking about renting vans. So what are our options for renting
0: yeah, vans? Well, so, you know, there are some smaller RVs that you can find um, on outdoorsy, but but it's true that for the most part, you're going to have much better selection in vans. Um, there are a lot of truck campers with rooftop tents, that sort of thing, and some smaller motorhomes. But um, so I, I would actually suggest looking at Outdoorsy, um, the peer-to-peer RV rental site, because you're going to have the widest variety there. Um, in terms of companies that actually rent um, vans and campers, there is not a whole lot, but um, the two that seem to be the main ones are Camper Van Hawaii. Um, their website is campervanhawaii.com. Um and Huakai Campers, H-U-A-K-A-I Campers.com. Um, camper van Hawaii um, rents, you know, vans. Um, but they're not particularly large, but they are camper vans. And um, Huakai Campers does uh, truck campers with rooftop tents that look very cool. Um, we rented from a really great small family business called Happy Campers Hawaii that rented out old VW vans. Um, But sadly, it's no longer um, in business from what I can tell. Um, But we had this really funky 1990s era Westphalia called Akana'i, and uh, it just had so much character. Um, it broke down once in the middle of the trip. The van rental company came out and fixed it for us. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, this is not like a seamless <laughs> journey, but um, but it, it was great. It's so much fun, and all of those little misadventures are part of what, uh, what make the trip memorable.
1: Okay, so two really big options there, the peer-to-peer route with Outdoorsy, RV Share. Or a couple companies that rent the vans, it'll probably be smaller vans. Maybe if you want to try and get something a bit bigger, you you look at outdoorsy. But there the point is there are options, right? To do this. So right. now yep. you've got this incredible one to two week itinerary, which I think would take me a month. Um, let's dive <laughs> in. Like tell tell us the, the highlights of, of of this trip and how you did it and what you recommend along the way.
0: Yeah. So we zipped through it in about a week, but man, would I have loved to have had another week and be able to linger longer at each of these places. Um but you know, you can make it work with with whatever time you have. I mean, I think we did it over like a Thanksgiving break and managed to make it work and it was fabulous. So um whatever time you have, I think you can make the trip work in that amount of time. I also um, think Hawaii so... is
1: one of those. I think Hawaii is one of those places. I've heard this from so many people. And you tell me if this happened with you guys. I've heard from so many people they think that Hawaii is going to be this bucket list once in a lifetime trip, and then they go and they say, "I, I have to go back," and it and it becomes a, <laughs> yeah. a trip that you that you do multiple times over the course of a lifetime. There's more than one island, for goodness' sake, for one reason.
0: Yes, definitely. It's it, there's no way you can go to Hawaii and not want to go back and see more of it.
1: Okay, so where do we go first?
0: Okay. So for us, we flew into Hilo and we rented a camper. We were fortunate. um, The people we rented from met us at the airport with our van, gave us the walkthrough. And then we went to, I think actually like the Walmart in Hilo and, um, or some big box store to sort of stock up on um, food or any other last minute supplies that we needed. Um, And then from there kind of got right out of town. Um, you know, there are some grittier elements of Hilo um, in certain parts as well. So it's not, um, it's not the town that you want to kind of linger in necessarily. So we just sort of did our business in Hilo and then um, drove about 45 minutes north to Lapa Ho Ho Beach Park. And that was our first stop. It's a beautiful park. Um, so this side of the island, the Hilo side of the island, is the dry side. So every island in Hawaii has a dry side and a wet side. And so Hilo is on the dry side. Kona is on the wet side. Uh, sorry, I said that backwards. <laughs> Hilo's on the wet side. Kona's on the dry side. So um, on the Hilo side, it's lush, green, rain, waterfalls, you know, uh, creeks, all of that. Um, Kona, which is where that's the stretch where most of the resorts are it's dry. So that's where you're going to get your more reliable dry weather. Um, and this whole sort of resort industry has, has grown up over there. So on the Hilo side, that's the wet side of the Island. Um, it's beautiful, tropical, uh, forest landscape. And we stayed in this, um, park right on the water with a rocky coastline and the campsite is right there and you have the waves breaking against the rocks a few feet from where you're camping all night long and in that one i think we did stay in the van
1: in a general sense did you reserve all of these places before showing up or was it first come first served anywhere or, or did you have reservations for these all of these campgrounds
0: for the most part i did reserve in advance through the um the Hawaii websites, state or county, depending, or national park, depending on the location.
1: All right, so yeah. some waterfalls nearby and, and this part of the journey? Yes,
0: yeah, so definitely while you're over on this side of the island, you're going to want to check out some of the incredible waterfalls and tropical forest sites. So the number one that I think is a must-see, and it really doesn't take very long to go visit it, is Akaka Falls. Um, so it's, uh, it's a Hawaiian state park and there's just an easy flat paved walk that you do to get to this incredible, very, very tall waterfall. It's beautiful. I highly recommend it. And if you uh, have the time, I would also add in Rainbow Falls, which is similarly accessible. Um, both of those are going to be great. You can do them uh, all in the same day. Before heading inland on Highway 11 and making your way toward Hawaii Volcanoes National Park.
1: Well, that's a pretty spectacular start to the trip, right? Uh, Camping in that (laughs) that state park and then heading to the waterfalls. Now, just give us like the basics on Hawaii Volcanoes. And then in a later segment, you're going to go into more detail about the park. So where did you stay there?
0: Yeah. So in Hawaii Volcanoes, the accommodations are managed through a concessionaire called Hawaii Volcano House. And Hawaii Volcano House has three basic options. They do have a sort of a hotel style lodgings or um, it's maybe more like a B&B kind of style lodge. So if you are going the route of just renting a regular car and staying in hotels and cabins and lodges, which I think is totally a totally doable option, um, then you could stay in the sort of hotel area there. They also have rustic cabins. So you could rent one of the rustic cabins and um, and uh, use sleeping bags and so on. Or we stayed at a campsite. Um, they have some regular campsites the campground is called um namakani Payo campground uh there is one other campground in the park but that's the one that i would recommend um campsites are only 15 dollars um and or you can bump up to 40 dollars and rent a tent that they will set up for you um, those are so it's very central yeah go ahead yes sorry. they're small so yeah, yeah yeah it's not a ton of sites So um, you definitely are going to want to check in advance and make sure that you can uh, get a reservation.
1: Okay, cool. So um, anything else you want to say about Hawaii Volcanoes now or do you want to keep moving on the road trip? Because I know we're going to circle back to Hawaii Volcanoes and really give everybody a whole segment on it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that's it. I I think staying in the park there, though, makes a lot of sense. There's not a whole lot of other places right nearby to stay and that positions you right in the center of you're going to want to do sort of the ring road that loops its way around the park as the main activity. So uh, if you stay there, you're right there, you're close to the visitor center. Um, Very convenient
1: and how many if somebody's you know just like you guys was doing a week's vacation like how many days do you need at hawaii volcanoes considering there's so many other awesome things on the island
0: yeah i would say 1 to 2 um you definitely want to have at least a full day to do um the the main ring road and um you know with 2 days you can also do there's a an, an out and back Road that takes you to see some other parts of the park. So, um, minimum one day to explore. Um, two is better if you can spare the time.
1: Okay, great. Where are we going next on our van life uh, road trip on the Big Island of Hawaii?
0: All right. Yeah. So after we have, um, you know, you sort of you cut through the middle of the island to get to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, and then you sort of continue in that same direction and get yourself back to the coast. Um, and so when you hit the coast. Uh, You're going to be in an area because the lava has sort of, this is sort of, you're following the trail of the lava that's coming from the volcano. And, you know, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, you're on the volcano up at the top, right? But the whole island is a volcanic island, right? You're, it's everywhere you go, you're seeing signs of volcanic activity. The whole landscape is shaped by, by the volcano. So the whole island exploration is part of this Experience of seeing, you know, these active volcanoes on the Big Island. So, um, the next spot, as you sort of make your way down back towards the coast, um, is a beautiful black sand beach that also is known for having um, sea turtles. Two species, one of which is endangered. Those are harder to find, but um, the green sea turtles are common to see, and that is called uh, Punalu'u Beach Park. And there's it's a beach and a campground, and um, that's a great place to stay for the night, see some sea turtles, check out the gorgeous black sand beach. Um, really good place to snorkel.
1: And these um, are states, so and these are, I mean, we just talked stop. about the national park, but these. this one is a state park campground, and so was, I yes. think, the first one, right? So you're, you did a lot of state yes. park campgrounds because they're going to be in prime yes. locations. Is there a culture of... Yeah. of private campgrounds there or is it just mostly kind of state park and national park camping
0: there are some private campgrounds as well um not a ton the the state park campgrounds there's like a pretty robust network of state park campgrounds and they're inexpensive um but there are some private campgrounds there's also you know hip camp some some of those sort of individual you know private uh, like peer-to-peer campground options um if you want to try to see if you can find something a little more off the beaten path or, or unusual. Um, oh, that's such a great recommendation. A, a that list. probably wasn't yeah.
1: available to you guys at the time. I would imagine. Cor-
0: correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my wasn't. gosh.
1: Um, that's that's yeah. If you could be staying on somebody's private property in some beautiful location, that's a great option too. So we go exactly. to Kona is Kona our next stop.
0: Yeah. That's our next stop. So, um, you're continuing West on highway 11, making your way sort of around the the Southern end of the Island and then coming back up along the, the West side. So now we're getting towards Kona, which as I said, is the drier side of the Island. And Kona is really where that's like the main, the heart of the tourist corridor. So tons of tourist amenities, tons of hotels, um, lots of restaurants lots of activity lots of cool things to see also more people so um you know in hawaii volcanoes national park it never really felt crowded to us um and same you know on the Hilo side and then again if you're sort of at uh punaluu beach it's it's a little quieter but then as you sort of make your way towards kona you're gonna have more people around Is that Um, sort of in a
1: good way or a bad way? Like, I know that, you know, the way you guys do your your van life, you kind of like to escape the crowds, I think, to some degree. I think that's fair to say. So is this uh, a place that's like a can't miss location? Or if you want a quieter Hawaiian vacation, might you skip it?
0: So I would not skip Kona. I think you have to go to Kona and you have to see it. Um, You should know what you're in for. And you can also make choices about your accommodations based on what you like. So if you stay at one of the campgrounds near Kona, I would say just prepare yourself that you're going to have sort of a Hawaiian experience where there are going to be a lot of people, that the um, state and county parks in this area. People sort of families kind of crowd the beach and tents are like right next to each other and there's loud music playing and people are barbecuing Hawaiian food and dancing. And it's, it can be like a scene, um, which can be a really, really cool cultural experience or it could be sort of overwhelming for some people. I think if you know and are prepared that that's what you're in for and are open to that, then it can be really wonderful. As it happens, oh. when we Oh no, sorry, no, did you have a question?
1: No, go ahead, go ahead.
0: When we got there, um our um our son, who was a little over a year at the time, um, was teething really badly and spiked a fever and was just like crying and miserable. And we got to this park and it was like tense all stacked up next to each other in this total party scene. And we had this miserable crying baby with a fever. And I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if we can do this. So we actually wound up going into Kona and getting a hotel room for the night so that I could like put the baby in the bath and (laughs) bring the temperature down. And we wound up having to go to like a a clinic and see the doctor, (laughs) but, um, you know, so, but, and everything was fine, you know, it was like no big deal, but, um, But so for us, we decided in that moment, um, you know, okay, it's too much of a scene for what's happening for us right now, which is like crying baby with a fever, but, um, But had that not been the situation, I think it would have been a ton of fun. And I would have loved to just hang out and talk to the Hawaiian locals and hear about their lives and listen to their music and, you know, eat some of their food. And um, I I think it's a pretty cool scene. So you just kind of have to know what what do you need in the moment? Yeah,
1: it sounds awesome to me, and I I think that as as travelers we do always need to remember that these places don't belong to us; they belong to the people that live there, and uh, it's it's not your state park. And if if the culture there is to make it a big family party, then that that's what it is. Um, I would love I would right. love to do it personally. I mean, so many American state park campers yeah. I think, freak out if they show it at a state park that's loud. You know, it's like they just want their little quiet place. Right. Right. But it sounds like there's a mix though, uh, here in Hawaii that there are state parks that are, you know, quiet and peaceful and just Kona is its own game, basically.
0: Yes, absolutely. So you're going to find your solitude in places. Um, This the the campground that I'm thinking of in particular, that was like this sort of really fun, awesome party scene was Hukenna Beach Park in southern Kona if that just sounds horrible to you, I mean, I say go for it. I, I thought it was really cool. I'm glad we got to see it. We didn't actually get to stay because of the circumstances, but, but I thought it was a really cool scene and, and cool, um, cultural experience. But if that sounds like too much for you, then either consider staying in a, in a hotel or Airbnb or, or, uh, or B and B while you're in, um, while you're in or near Kona, or look for a quieter sort of hip camp type option or, um, there There are some other things uh, that you can check out if and, if that and- doesn't sound good to you. There is one. There's another one called Kohanaiki Beach Park. um that's a big surfing spot. So it's still not going to be deserted, but I think not quite as much of a scene as Hokenna Beach Park. And you can sort of watch the surfers doing their thing. so that's that's an alternative to look at as well,
1: and then Kona, you, you're suggesting here in your notes that Kona can become your base camp to shoot out and do some day trips and do all kinds of other things in, in that area.
0: Definitely. And I think that it's worth spending a couple of days in and around Kona um, to check out all that this side of the island has to offer. And really, I mean, many people spend an entire one to two week Hawaiian vacation in Kona. So there's really no end to the activities that you can do. You're going to have to prioritize what uh, sounds like the most fun to you, but I mean, gorgeous beach, beaches, kayaking. One of the um, big experiences a lot of people love to do is a night snorkel with manta rays. Um, there are two um, uh, national park sites; they're they're you know national park historic or national historical parks. Um, one is Puu Honua O. Oh, Honauhao <laughs> National Historic Parks, apologies if I um, didn't pronounce that correctly, and um, Kaloko Honokohau National Historical Park. And those are both, um, they're on the beach and they have really cool um, Hawaiian cultural sites and some sacred sites and show um, some rock walls that have been built um, by the Hawaiian people as um, part of the sort of sacred. Um, use of the space, really neat to go see. Um, And then there's also um, outside of the town itself, there's a big agricultural area, um, tons of coffee plantations. uh, And um, I highly recommend if you like coffee at all, um, going on a tour or doing some some coffee tastings. Um, I talk more about that later. Um, But the One of the most memorable things that we actually did in Kona was visiting the farmer's market. I mean, you've never seen produce like this before. The farmer's market there, it's incredible. It's pineapples and mangoes and kiwis and coconuts and just unbelievable. So I would definitely try to get yourself to a farmer's market. You can golf, horseback ride, go to a luau, take a surfing lesson, um, visit the um, Kalia Kekua Bay Marine Preserve to snorkel and kayak, and of course, no end to um, restaurants, coffee shops, breweries, that sort of thing as well.
1: I see the point of of some people just saying, "Well, this will be my week's vacation." You know, if, if you yeah. don't want to do sort of the, <laughs> the road trip loop, um, you certainly could do it that way as well. Uh, oh, we could linger here, but yeah, let's, you let's... could,
0: and you could definitely just you could definitely just fly into Kona, stay in a hotel, rent a car. Go up to Volcanoes National Park for a couple of days, stay in the hotel there, come back to Kona. That would be a really easy way of um, of visiting, and you'd still have a great trip.
1: What's overwhelming me here is this is just one island. You, you know, like it seems like this <laughs> could be this could be many trips. Uh, but I want to go to Oahu, you know, Um, there's, there's so much, there is so much. I mean, my aunt, my aunt and uncle have spent their lives going to Hawaii and I I know many people that have. So where to next after Kona on your epic van life road trip in your origin story?
0: Yeah. So um, from Kona, you're going to continue up the coast and again, you're still on that sort of dry coast and this is still the, the tourist corridor. Um, and there are still lots of resorts all along the coast um, up this area, but we're getting farther north. And um, the the place that I recommend staying here if you're you are going the camping route is the incredibly beautiful Spencer Beach Park. This is one of the most memorable places we've ever camped. It's like camping at the edge of the world. You're up on this point. It's like the westernmost point of Hawaii. Um the only downside is that when we were there there was sort of like a high wind warning and so you're re- you're literally like the winds are coming off of the Pacific and this is like the tip. <laughs> this is the first part of land that the winds hit. And when you, um, were you in a tent like, there? You know, my, and, we, you were tent tent and so oh, we were in a tent and so we were camping. We were in a tent um like with probably the most gorgeous view I've ever had out a tent window in my entire life but it was definitely like a like one of those nights where you're sort of waking up all night as the wind is sort of battering the tent (laughs) um but it was an experience and um one of the most special and memorable camping nights we've ever had uh and just so stunningly beautiful I I really can't overemphasize it and it's this gorgeous white sand beach really shallow um with a you know very gradual um decline so it's a great place to go swimming with kids and we you know it was a great place for us even with a one-year-old the baby could play in the water and um it's so calm and shallow and and just absolutely gorgeous so if you I love have that your the opportunity your to camp origin story, Beach Park.
1: Your origin story had some challenges here, right? Sick, sick child and winds blowing the tent around at night. <laughs> um it's it all sounds awesome to me. So that was like your favorite.
0: Isn't that campground. what it's all about? I mean, aren't the Yeah, yes, I think so. I mean, it's the most the most special experience. And and yeah, the foibles, I mean, I don't know. That's if you want a completely predictable vacation, then camping's probably not for you is my view um but if you want adventures and getting to get closer to things and see stuff that other people aren't going to have the opportunity to see then you know there's no better way of doing it
1: that's a, such a great line and i think that you know whether you're a tent camper or an rv owner you have to have a sense of humor you you have to be ready for the unexpected yeah. you have to be willing to a- adjust on the fly and i think those th- those types of qualities build good character traits in adults and children so uh, though even in the moment, you're like, oh, my God, I can't fall asleep because the wind's about to blow my tent away. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I don't really want to leave this Spencer Beach Park yet. But let's let's move on. No, Where is our next stop?
0: You don't you don't want to leave. But just before we do leave, a couple things that I want to point out, because Spencer Beach Park is a great location for visiting um, Waimea, which is inland. It's also if you didn't already do the the plantation. Tour coffee plantation tour thing when you were in Kona. You can do that from here. Um, There are also some sort of famous ranches, Parker Ranch and Anna Ranch in Hawaii. If that's your thing, you can check those out from here. And there's um, a very cool petroglyph site, Waikoloa Petroglyph Reserve, that's also very close. So this is a good spot for doing that sort of piece of your itinerary. So if before you, you leave Spencer Beach Park, check out some of those things.
1: And if you if you want a trip that doesn't include Kona, and I'm not trying to be negative about Kona at all because I would want to go there, uh, is th- is this sort of corner of the island um, is it much quieter and less populated, or not necessarily?
0: Yeah, it's a lot quieter and mellower. So if the Kona scene sounds like too much for you, you definitely could just skip it. Use this as your home base. And use it as a as a way to go see um, some of these other sites. And it's really not even that far. Like, if you wanted to go see some of the things that I suggested in Kona, including some of those national historical parks, they're within striking distance. Um, it still wouldn't be too far to go see that stuff.
1: All right, let's go back in the van and start to really go all the way up to the top of the island here from this map.
0: Yeah, so um, from here... Uh, we made our way back toward Hilo for the return trip home. And the way that you do it is you're sort of, now you're up on the Northern side of the Island. and You do go kind of inland through part of it. And this is where it's like the lush green, um, like Jurassic park looking (laughs) kind of landscape um, that maybe you think of when you're, when you're thinking of uh, Hawaii, tropical Hawaii. Um, And um so you're going to drive through the little town of Waimea um on highway 19 and um if you haven't already stopped in Waimea it's a great little stop for some good food and some cultural experiences um you can stop at Kalopa State Recreation Area and there's a 0.7 mile little nature walk through the forest that's lovely um and then there's a very famous overlook called the YPO Valley overlook. Um, it used to be the case that you could get all the way down into the YPO valley, but the road is closed now to anyone who's not a resident um so but but you can still take the road out that direction and then stop at the overlook, which you have this view of this massive valley with this incredibly tall waterfall and it's just stunningly beautiful so if you have the time that's something that's worth doing it's a beautiful drive um and then you're gonna head back and make your way along the lush and beautiful hamakua coast it's called so you're again you're heading towards the the wet side of the island again and as you're making your way back to hilo i recommend. Detouring off of the main highway um, to take this short four-mile stretch of the old Mama Lo- Mamalahoa Highway, sometimes called um, Pepe Ekeo or Onomea scenic drive. It's a gorgeous scenic drive through tropical forest that passes by streams and waterfalls, and without taking a whole lot of time, gives you a really beautiful look at this lush, wet side of the island.
1: I have spent my whole life and, dreaming of going to Oahu as somebody who, who grew up surfing and surfs now with my kids. Yes. And man, you are really making me think long and hard about a trip to the, the big <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I have not thought too much about the big Island. I, I, I did not know much about the big Island. It sounds magical to me. Um, but it really does. It, so,
0: it really is. It really is. And I've spent, you know, I've been several times to Oahu, several times to Maui and each of those islands, you know, they definitely have their, their charms and I would recommend going to all of them. Um, I likewise had not really thought much about the big Island and was blown away when I went by how gorgeous it is and how much there is to see and do. And it, you know, one thing that to remember is, you know, the Hawaiian Islands, the way that they're formed is that they the continent is moving over a hot spot that's under the Earth's mantle, under the ocean. And so at the continent moves, I think about like four inches a year or something like that. And so, Each of the Hawaiian islands was formed by being right on top of the hotspot. And then over time, it sort of moves off and a new island forms. And so the one that's on top of the hotspot right now, which is why it has all of the active volcanic activity, is the big island. So those other islands are incredible, but they're not sitting on top of the hotspot anymore. They did their thing. They moved on. The Big Island is still there, sitting on top of the hotspot, erupting, <laughs> and so there's just so much variety and variation in the in the landscape. Um, the volcanic activity is incredible, which of course we're going to talk about with the with the park itself. But it's this is the island that's still in progress, a work in progress, and so it's super interesting to see.
1: Oh my god, Mother Nature's amazing. That was that was quite a lesson there. You yes. really pulled that off like really, really well. <laughs> so so let's wrap up the itinerary part. There's a few more I think okay. a few more things you yeah. wanted to definitely mention before we take a break and really dive into Hawaii Volcanoes National Park
0: yeah so you know you've sort of you've now completed your loop okay you're back to Hilo. Um, and you, just in terms of the logistics, it's likely unless you have a late evening flight, you're probably gonna need one more night staying somewhere before making your way out of town. you might have to return your car and your camping gear and take care of all of that stuff. So I think your options are you could return to where you started and stay another night at uh, Lao Pahoho, which is what we did. Or um, if you wanna be closer to the airport right in Hilo, there is a private campground um, to your to your previous question, Jeremy, called Arnott's Lodge, um, which is not gonna be like the most special place that you stay, but it's you know gonna get the job done of you need a convenient spot to just sort of be your last night um before heading back, or you could return all of your camping gear and get a hotel room in Hilo um, before having to. Catch
1: your flight out. Also, I'm, t- I'm just thinking too. Like, you can do multiple islands in one trip, right? I mean, if you're going all the way out oh, there, yeah. c- certainly this could just be the end of the first part of your Hawaii trip, depending on your time and 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 your budget. So, um anything I else? I think before- that's right.
0: I mean, yeah. If I had two weeks, I might do like eight days on the Big Island, and then pick whether you want to go to Oahu or Maui, and Take a a flight between islands, and or or Kauai or wherever else you want to go, and um and spend you know five nights on on one of those islands. I'd
1: be tempted too to do the van trip to the Big Island, or or rent a small motorhome if I could find something like that, and then go to a resort on another island. You know, after roughing it a little bit, um, it's those types of combo trips are really really cool to me. Okay, are we ready to absolutely? And anything else here in this segment? I don't want to cut you short.
0: Nope. Nope. We, we've we've right. done our loop. We've covered the itinerary.
1: <laughs> we, have, we have completed our loop, but now we're really going to dive into Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. We'll be back in a second with Lauren Eber from A Fam With A Van. But before we come back, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bears Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye and movie nights they even have themed weekends like chocolate lovers weekend christmas in july and halloween weekends in the fall Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations, as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023, because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit Jellystone Park. That's JellystonePark.com. And please don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here on the Big Island of Hawaii with Lauren Eber from uh, Fan with a Van, getting her origin story really as a van lifer on this, this epic trip that she took to the Big Island. And she gave us the whole loop, you know, a suggested itinerary for one to two weeks. But um, she wanted to come back and, and focus on Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, which is so perfect for this season of the RV Atlas podcast because we're celebrating national parks. So welcome back to the show, Lauren. Uh, you suggested uh, a day, two days at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. I, I think this is another worldly national park to most of us that most people just don't know a lot about. So give us, give us the over, overview. What, what should we know? What is this place like?
0: Yeah, so it otherworldly is definitely um a, a great way of describing it. Um there are not very many places around the world that you can go where you are seeing the world actually being formed. Like this is how it all began and there's something that really strikes you and is very deeply powerful when you're in one of these places where <laughs> the earth is actively being formed. And that's what's going on here. We as I said before this is we're sitting on top of a hot spot. There is, you know, magma coming up from the earth, and um, you don't know what you're gonna get until you're there. So, the first thing that I have to say about visiting the park is that it's really important to check in both before you leave and show up, and then also when you get there, about what is the state of the volcanic activity at the time, because it could be anything from nothing happening, and there's still plenty of cool stuff to see, to you actually can't come because there's too much happening. So um, it's critical to just sort of be aware. And I've included in the show notes, some websites that you can go to just to check on what the status is of of volcanic activity. Um, Just this past year, both at um, Kilauea and at um, uh, Mauna Loa, there has been some you know, sort of out of the ordinary levels of volcanic activity. So you want to definitely make sure that you know such what's going great, on such when you a go. great
1: tip. And just to pause there for a second, like, I think that you would need to go and be open minded and flexible, <laughs> um, you know, if you can't go to this section or if this part's closed down and, and just know, look, you're on the big island of Hawaii, there's going to be other amazing things to do. But, you know, maybe don't go with your heart set on one particular experience there at the at this national park. Yeah. All right, so tell yeah, us Yeah, that's more. absolutely
0: right because it could be the yeah, it could be the case that you you know, there's a big eruption and and you have to um be flexible and rearrange your itinerary a little bit. So, yeah, so there are four active volcanoes on Hawaii's Big Island. Kilauea is the one that is inside Volcanoes National Park. It's the most active volcano in Hawaii and possibly even anywhere on earth depending on how you measure. Um And uh, where, when, and how it erupts can be very unpredictable. Um, So it's important to always check for updates. Um, According to Hawaiian legend, Kilauea is home to Pele, the Hawaiian goddess of fire and volcanoes. So there's a lot of um, really interesting cultural information about the, um, this is a sacred site for the Hawaiian people. And I would encourage you to learn about that and make sure that um, sort of honoring that is part of your experience while you're there.
1: Okay, so Um, there's there's more volcanoes. Yeah, take us to the next one.
0: Yeah, and I'm mentioning them just because it can be actually sort of confusing, and um, you want to sort of know (laughs) where you are and what's what. But Mauna Loa is the largest volcano in the world, actually, standing at um, 13,677 feet above sea level and more than 30,000 feet um, from its base under the ocean to its peak. It has erupted 33 times since 1843, And most recently, there was a lot of news about it. It erupted quite dramatically in November, December of 2022. Um, And so while you're in Volcanoes National Park, where you're at Kilauea Volcano, um, you have a lot of views of Mauna Loa. You can see Mauna Loa sort of looming above the Kilauea caldera. Um, Also on the island is Mauna Kea.
1: I'm sorry, does this park take up a massive yeah. chunk of the island, of the interior of the island? I mean, I know that you said sort of the whole island is really geographically tied to it. Uh, it's It just sounds like a really big park.
0: Yeah, the park itself is not that enormous sort of by national park standards like i'm thinking of like a yellowstone or something like that where you know it's hours and hours to get around or, or glacier or something like that the park itself is not that big but the volcano the interior of the island is dominated by these three um volcanoes um but um uh but the park itself it's i mean it's a good chunk of land but it's not that big by kind of national park standards in general i would say
1: I got you. Sorry, there. Um, Take us to our yeah, next volcano. No,
0: no, no problem. Yeah. So Mauna Kea um, is sometimes considered dormant. It hasn't erupted um, in 3,500 years. Um, it's a a spot that oftentimes people like to visit, but you can only go with an official tour. You can't drive there yourself. You ha- you need special four wheel drive access for the most part. Um, and um, the main thing to see there is an observatory up at the top of the mountain that um, is considered the best place on the island for stargazing. But it's sort of, it's not always accessible. So that's another thing that if you're interested in that, you got to research it. But Mauna Kea also is sort of one of these big volcanoes that sort of looms large over the island and, um, and you can see. But when you're in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, again, you can see those other volcanoes, but where you are is at Kilauea. Um, there's gotcha. one more um, active volcano, um, Hualalai, which is more sort of up on the west, northwest of the island. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of an overview of the main active volcanoes on the island. Um, and Kilauea. So this is we're back in the national park. Kilauea had some very dramatic um, eruption activity um, earlier this year, back in just in January, a couple of months ago, there was a big eruption um, and, you know, it sort of had this eruption and then like little sort of stuff happening afterwards. But it's been quiet since March 7th. And we're, um, and so Lauren's, there are. So, yeah.
1: You've given us tons of these great yep, links, ahead. too. I just want everybody to know, you know, if you go to the yeah. rvatlas.com and, and check out these the, the show notes, um, you have links to so much of this stuff because it'd be pretty, pretty cool to watch of these videos that you have linked here.
0: Yeah. And even if you just want inspiration, you can go and there's there are some live streams of some of this stuff so you can kind of see what's happening, um, which is kind of fun just to just to check it out. And, you know, the volcanic activity ranges anything from just a little bit of steam coming up um, from the ground to little spurts of lava coming up to actual like eruptions that you need to get out of the way of.
1: All right. So what else do we need to know about visiting? What other things to do? Like, how would you sort of structure your time there?
0: Yeah. So like most trips to national parks, I always say the place to start is the visitor center. Um, This is no different. And in fact, it's even more important because you got to get the up to the minute information about um, eruption conditions. So start at the Kilauea Visitor Center, check out the exhibits, talk to a ranger, get the information about the latest. Um, There's some movies you can watch. And then the way you're going to kind of orient your visit is along two main park roads. Um, the first one that I sort of priority one is the Crater Rim Drive, which is 10.6 miles long and circles the summit caldera. And I think you need at least one to three hours to see it, depending on how often you stop. You You could theoretically do both. Of these drives in one day, if you're really good at getting up early and getting a good start and making a full day, um, my family doesn't tend to be (laughs) so efficient. And so I would probably want to spread the two drives out over the course of two days. But um, if you're a really efficient um, traveler, you could, I think you could do both of these drives, which are the crater rim drive and chain of craters road in a day.
1: Are are they white knuckle driving at all? Is it, is it at all like nervous kind Um, of driving?
0: I don't remember it being, um, and the, especially not crater rim drive, um, chain of craters road, um, maybe a little bit more. So, um, you can't, it used to be that the chain of craters road took you all the way to the ocean, but a big part of the road got, um, covered over with lava some years back. So now it's out and back and it'll take you, you know, down a ways, um, Nineteen miles, and then you have to turn around and go back. Um, but ch- uh, crater rim drive, not so much. it's um, it's pretty accessible.
1: All right, great, and there's some cool things to do, obviously along the way, right?
0: There are, yes, there are a lot of very cool things and you can get a road guide and all of that. but so it's gonna take you on this one road that sort of circles the caldera through different landscapes, desert and rainforest. Um, And lots of scenic stops and short walks that you're going to want to check out. One of the highlights definitely is the Thurston Lava Tube, which is a 500-year-old lava tube. Um, It's a half-mile loop trail through lush rainforest to get there. So it's an easy one. Um, There's the Sulphur Banks, which is a paved trail and boardwalk where you can sort of see the volcanic gases coming up from the ground. Um, And the Kilauea Overlook and Picnic Area are over there. Um, there is, um, the Uekahuna overlook of the, um, Halema'uma'u crater. Um, that's, um, has a 10 minute walk to the rim of the steaming crater, which is the heart of the volcano and also a sacred Hawaiian cultural site. So that's something you're definitely going to want to see, um, then um, there's the Kilauea Iki Crater Overlook, which is a really dramatic view of the crater, and it's also the start of probably the most popular hike in the park, um, which is the Kilauea Iki Trail. So if you are up for a hike, um, this is probably the main um, you know hike that I would recommend. It's a 3.3 mile loop trail. When you depart, excuse me, when you depart from the um, Crater Overlook. Um, and it's through, uh, sort of takes you through rainforest into a crater across frozen frozen lava lake that's still steaming. You know, it's all very dramatic stuff. Um, really cool, otherworldly landscape. Um, it does have 400 feet of elevation loss first and then gain. Um, so that's, the that's a great place to start the, if you're the, looking for one I see the wisdom hike.
1: in doing the, the two drives in two days. You know, I mean, because I would want to do the the 3.3 mile hike and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm not going to do the other drive as well. So I'm thinking most people might want to do it that
0: way. I think that's right. And you're going to want to stop at one of the picnic overlooks for a picnic lunch and, you know, take your time in the visitor center. So that, that, if you have the time, that's the way that I would want to do it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what about the chain of So those are some
0: of the sites yeah. So Chain of Craters Road, this is exceptionally scenic, especially when the weather is clear. Um if it's really fogged in, then you're not going to have the same degree of dramatic views. Um but it takes you from the crater crater down to sea level. Like I said, it's you can't get all the way to the coast because the road disappears under frozen lava before reaching the ocean now, but um it's there are just tons and tons of scenic stops. Um but um, plan to spend at least three hours round trip on the road. And I think that's maybe an underestimate um, if you want to, you know, do some hikes and do some exploring and stop for a picnic. Um, the Pu'uloa petroglyphs are a highlight, um, reached via a 1.5 mile round trip trail. Another good hike is um, the Pu'u Hulu Hulu Cinder Cone. Um, over the 1973-74 lava flows, starting at the Manaulu parking lot, and that one is 2.6 miles round trip. Um, there are also, you know, audio guides and road guides that you can get that list all of the many stops on that beautiful drive. So if you have the time to do that one as well, it's it's definitely worth it.
1: In a weird way, it's reminding me of Yellowstone. Like y- you could do a driving tour and not bring the hiking boots, you know, or you could really go out and do some hiking and get really outdoorsy and, and uh, you know, kind of build up a good sweat and c- kind of make of it what you want. Right. Um, I could see how a wide variety of, of types of traveler will really love these drives.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And if, um, if hiking is um, beyond you, then sort of ask the Rangers because there definitely are some things that are more accessible via flat paved roads and boardwalks. Um, So you're going to want to make sure that you have time to do those things. Or if, um, you know, getting out off the beaten path is your jam, then maybe you're going to want to do some longer or more ambitious hikes than these. And they'll be able to tell you what's best to see at the time based on what the volcanic activity is like that day.
1: And how did your little VW Westphalia do? I, I, I hope it didn't break down on one of these drives.
0: No, it didn't. Um, And, uh, you know, we did great. We had a great time and, you know, we're able to sort of fix our lunch from the inside of the van and experience all of that. And, you know, it's um, if you've never gotten to travel in a VW camper van, there's something that just definitely makes you feel like you're, um, you know, uh in that life in that vibe and um and kind of helps you feel that sense of adventure and like you're up for anything so
1: I remember when um, Stephanie and I were dating her like talking about wanting a Westie it's it's sort of been this um lifelong thing I'm gonna have to (laughs) check in with her and see if that's like still a a dream of hers all right we're gonna come back in a second And we're going to talk about some other NPS sites. And it's not an episode with Lauren Eber if we don't get some food and drink recommendations. She did this with all of her uh, trilogy uh, last year. Uh, But before we come back and wrap up the show with Lauren Eber from A Fan With A Van, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Go RVing. GoRVing's website, goRVing.com, is packed with all of the information you need to get started and go RVing. Check out GoRVing's Get Started tab to find information from real RVers about buying an RV renting an RV, finding a campground, and a comprehensive first-timers toolkit. The buying an RV section includes a complete guide to buying a new RV and tips for visiting national parks. The renting an RV section explores your options for trying before buying. The finding a campground section lets you search for campgrounds by state. The First Timers Toolkit is a robust set of blog posts and how-to videos that will turn you into an expert RVer in no time at all. Go RVing's Get Started tab is packed with the content you need to become a more experienced RVer and have fun doing it. And this is just a small sample of the content you will find there. To find out more, head on over to GoRVing.com welcome back to the show everybody we are here with lauren eber from a fam with a van and she has taken us on an epic journey around the big island and we're we're not done yet um so just you just want to remind everybody that there's a couple other nps sites not just hawaii volcanoes national park and then you want to give some food and drink recommendations as you always do
0: Yeah. So um, I mentioned already um, that when you're in Kona is a great place uh, uh, to sort of check these out. They're very convenient. Um, And it's um, the Pu'u Honua o Honauhau National Historical Park, which is a sacred site to the historic people. Um, And then also the Kaloko Honokohau National Historical Park. And you can do both of those together in one sort of trip, um, and check out the the cultural, spiritual, and then also just natural um, beauty um, of those sites. Um, and uh, stop by the visitor centers and get a couple more stamps in your passport.
1: All right. Now, I think it's fair to call you a foodie. I, th- I, think, <laughs> that, I think that that would be an accurate description. And by the okay. way, Lauren Eber from A Fan With A Van is going to be on the Bon Appetit podcast. Oh. What is the name of... <laughs> What is the name of Dinner that podcast? SOS.
0: Dinner you? SOS. Oh, Everyone yeah. listening to the RV
1: Atlas, <laughs> check out Dinner SOS. She's on that too. I could stop here and talk for 20 minutes about that, but we'll stay focused. So give, <laughs> give us, like, so we're vacationing on the big island. Give us just some cool things we need to check out for food and drink, if that's a, a big part of our travel experience.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, while you're here, um, you know, it's just the fresh produce is so incredible. And so you want to hit places that are taking advantage of that. And I know I mentioned it already, but it bears repeating, please don't spend time on the Big Island without at least once checking out a farmer's market. And there are also roadside stands where you can get a coconut um, opened up for you. And so take advantage of those little stops. Um, find a, you know a guy on the side of the road selling fruit or whatever, and and it's worth stopping and sampling the incredibly fresh, wonderful, delicious local produce. I I had never tasted a pineapple until I had the pineapple that I had at the farmers market in Hawaii. It's oh like God, a different experience. So, so right go now. for that. It's also yeah. getting
1: a taste of the and, culture too.
0: And you too. can find, yes, 100%, because a lot of the farmers markets also are going to have some local crafts. You're going to have an opportunity to talk to locals. Um, so I, it's a great um, culinary and cultural experience. And there are some guides where you can look up the timetables and, and try to find one that's going to be open while you're there. Um, If you're looking for like a true restaurant, I really recommend Merriman's uh, Restaurant um, in Waimea. There are a few Merriman's restaurants on different Hawaiian islands. So for people who've been to other islands, it's possible you may have been to one of these before. The Merriman's Waimea is the original and sort of flagship restaurant um, of chef Peter Merriman. This is farm-to-table Hawaiian regional cuisine. Um, it's delicious food and a homey setting. Um, it books up. So re- reservations are strongly recommended. And in, fi- in fact, I would book a reservation before you even leave for Hawaii if you can. Um, and um, just a, a really, really wonderful, memorable meal. All
1: right, great. Um, and then some and other then, like, tours and tastings?
0: Yes. Again, so... Kona is famous for coffee. You've probably heard of Kona coffee. So if you are a coffee drinker, um, you've got to sample the local coffee. So, um, you know, look up tours. I've included a website where you can um, see a list of different um, coffee plantations with plantation tours and tastings. Um, We happened to fall in love. We were just eating somewhere and they served coffee that was so good. We asked at the restaurant what the coffee was and it was from a place called Kona Blue Sky Coffee and um, we fell in love with it so much that we actually started ordering it online and that was our daily coffee for years Um, and uh, so maybe you'll get lucky and have that same kind of (laughs) experience Um, uh, but that's definitely a a really fun thing to see and again like a, a cultural thing as well. Um, and then there's a brewery, you know, we love, we love breweries going to local breweries wherever we are. And um, the Kona Brewing Company is a well known local brewery in Kona um, with good food as well. It's it's a fun place to stop for um, a beer on tap and a meal. And then um, one other thing to mention is just shave ice. Shave ice is like a big, um, big thing in Hawaii and on the Big Island in particular. And there are people selling shave ice all over the place. So, um, I don't have one particular shave ice spot to recommend, but be, be your, do your own taste test and, um, stop and get some, um, local Hawaiian shave ice and, and, um, enjoy that, that, uh, local experience as well.
1: Lauren, I know that we will have people listening that will plan a trip to the big island, uh, and, and follow, you know, part or all of your itinerary. And that's, you know, one of the driving reasons I still love to do this podcast after all these years is just hearing that it inspires people to go on these types of epic, epic trips. I have an odd question to end with here. Um, was, the, was the National Park even the highlight of this trip for you? Like in just terms of, I mean, I know it sounded amazing and it's, it's like you're not going to go to the big island and not go, but it just sounds like it might have not even been the best part of the trip for you.
0: That's a really good question. I mean, you know, we are national park people, and I imagine that a lot of your listeners are. And there are some of these national parks that are harder to check off your list because they do involve a flight or they're in more exotic places. And this is such a great one because I feel like it's a little bit less intimidating or more accessible than some of the other, I would say, island national parks. Um, So, you know, it's funny because I feel like the whole it was really more the whole experience that was um the highlight and um I I don't think that I could pinpoint one particular thing that made the trip so worthwhile and definitely the national park was a was a big part of the trip because seeing um seeing sort of the, the center point, this active volcano, that's where everything else springs from, um, for me was really exciting. And I like that, um, you know, the geological aspects of it. But you're right that um, it's it was not like a lot of typical national park trips where the national park really is the, the main centerpiece. And then you have some other things around the edges, but it's all about the park. This was, the park is maybe a big part of what got us there. And um, it kind of anchors the trip. And definitely feels special and, and it's exciting to to get that, you know, Hawaii Volcanoes uh, National Park visit off of your list. But um, but it's, it is true that it's more sort of the whole road trip experience and getting to see all of the different sides of this island that are kind of a result of this volcanic activity, interacting with the local Hawaiian people, tasting their food and experiencing the culture. It, it, it was really the, sort of the whole road trip um all together that that made it such a special and memorable trip for us
1: well thank you so much i I cannot thank you enough for this this great episode and for all the episodes over over the years where can everybody follow along the fam with a van
0: yeah we are on instagram at a fam with a van and um you know just trying to keep those adventures going
1: yeah, and I'll link to like I'm I'm now just kind of thinking like I'll link to some of the earlier episodes we did with you that were about your van actually, about about um the van that you still have, right? Uh, and and how you outfitted yep. it. It's, a, it's yep. a custom van, right? You didn't you didn't go and buy a, an RV van. You you bought a Sprinter and you made it your own. So, Lauren Eber, thank you so yep. much for coming on the RV Atlas. We really really appreciate it.
0: It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and I I hope people uh, get out to Hawaii.
1: Yeah, and, and like those of you listening who actually do this, and I know some of you will, it might be years from now, send me an email. Let me know. All right. Thank you, Lauren Eber.
0: Thanks. Thank you so much
1: for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas.
0: To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to the rvatlas.com.
1: And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas.
0: If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
1: And we will see you at the campground
0: See at the campground